Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever made this statement before? I don't have enough time to work out. I don't have enough time to plan for my meals. If you've ever said those words to yourself, then I want you to listen to this episode. I brought on a great guest today. His name is Cole Taylor, and he has helped over 50,000 people get on the path, the right path for their health and fitness journey. You're going to hear a lot of tips in this episode on how to get started. It's going to be very, very simple. He's going to give you his story about how he got into the health and fitness industry and the coaching industry. He was a pastor. He was a pastor and he went from a health and fitness company that he scaled up to help over 50,000 people. So you're going to hear his story and then you are also going to get some valuable insights on how you can improve your overall health and fitness and feel better. Isn't that what we all want is to simply feel better? This is the W2 Prison Break Show and I'm your host, Brian O'Neill. My mission through real life examples is to give you the knowledge, the confidence, the mindset, and the inspiration to break free from your nine to five and start the business that you have always known lives inside of you. If that interests you, stick around. Cole, welcome to the W2 Prison Break Show, man. I'm excited to get to know you a little bit more and, and have the audience hear your awesome story and share your insight. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. Honored to be here. It's going to be a fun time. Yeah, definitely. And before we get into, I've got some cool topics to talk about, but I think for the listeners to get to know you a little bit better, can you just give us, you know, a little bit of background on how you got here and what you were doing before you became a person who's helped over 50,000 people with their health and fitness journey? Side note, before I dive into my story, I'm pretty stereotypical entrepreneur that just likes trying a lot of things. And so my life has definitely taken a bunch of turns and twists and I've checked a lot of boxes. And so I'll, I'll try to keep that version of it short, but I could probably talk for hours about the 47,000 things I've done. But short version is I went from a division one football player right into full-time ministry. I'm still technically licensed and ordained pastor. I don't do that occupationally anymore, but for the first couple of years of my career, I was working at a church full-time, worked at a couple of churches actually. For me, that was the best way that I knew how to make an impact on people. I grew up in a ministry family, multiple pastors in my family, and that was kind of modeled for me as, hey, this is the best way to serve people. And I'm also very you know, wired in that way is I, I want to be in front of people. I want to make an impact. I want to lead. And so that was kind of the best way for me to do that. But I very quickly got to this place of realizing that there was more things that I wanted to talk about. Not that faith isn't enough, but I have passions in other areas, you know, playing college sports. I had certifications in fitness and nutrition. I actually ended up getting a master's in business too. And so I had these kind of other areas that I developed in my life, like, Hey, I want to help people in these ways too. And the reality is, as a pastor, you're kind of trained when people come to you, your response is, well, have you prayed about it? Like, you know, what's the Bible say, which is great. But a lot of times I'd have guys come to me and they're like, dude, I just, I don't feel good. Like I'm stressed and anxious all the time. I have no energy. And you know, my response is supposed to be like, Hey, well, let's pray about it. Like what's the Bible say. And I really just wanted to say, man, you feel bad. Cause you just, you're eating terrible. You don't get good sleep. You're not moving your body. And I just wanted to have a real conversation or, Hey, me and my wife are really struggling and our marriage is like just on the rocks and I don't know what to do. And I 
really just wanted to say, Hey, when's the last time you took her on a date? Like, that's probably the first start. Like, we don't need to pray about it. Let's just take some action. I make light of it, but a lot of just what I had inside of me is I wanted to have these real, like, practical coaching conversations with the people, not just as much of the let's pray for you and pastor you through. And good pastors can do both. There's just a part of me that I wanted to be able to really step into other areas and talk about more than just faith. And so, ended up stepping out of the church. Part of it too, is I didn't like making $30,000 a year and having no really upward mobility to do much more. And, you know, obviously in ministry, you're not working for money. And so I wanted to be able to build a different life for myself. And so I stepped out of the church. I went and got my master's in business. And while I was doing that, I started this health coaching company, which has really taken on a life of its own. And obviously, like you said, has changed thousands of lives. And it's a really cool journey for me to see you know, what it looks like to step out of your comfort zone and say, Hey, you know, all I know is a pastor, but maybe there's a way that I can monetize and turn what I'm passionate about in health into a way to not only serve people, but make me money as well. Yeah. Maybe you could talk a little bit more about that particular piece as well. Cause I think, I mean, I love what you just shared. I think a lot of listeners out there thinking, well, like, Hey, you're clearly passionate about everything that you just talked about. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of people get stuck. It's like, that's all it is. Hey, I don't know how to maybe turn this into something and monetize it. Could you talk about that a little bit and then give a timeline from when you knew and up until now? Yeah. So I think the first thing before even practically talking about how to turn that passion into a profit, if you want to use those words, is figuring out what it is that you're actually passionate about. Like, you know, some people call it like, what's my purpose in life? And I think it's a combination of a couple things of like, what are my experiences? Like, what are the things that I've really walked through that maybe make me unique? I like asking the question of what breaks my heart too. Like, what's a cause or a thing in my life that like, if I wake up and I think about that, like it makes me want to cry or it makes me angry or it makes me like really driven to want to make a change. And, you know, for me asking those questions of, you know, what have I gone through that makes me unique? What am I, you know, what really breaks my heart? And two, like, what do I love? Like, what gets me excited? If I could just do this every day, what would get me fired up? And so for me, it was kind of a convergence of those things of, you know, my experiences, which, you know, it's kind of a combination of what breaks my heart too, is I'd gone through a ton of loss in my family. Every single one of my family members, except one has passed from some sort of health complications. My dad passed away from heart failure when I was young. My mom passed away of birth complications. His dad, my grandpa, passed away at a young age of heart attack as well. His brother had a heart attack and passed away. All the men on my mom's side of the family all had heart failure as well. And so for me, it's something that, you know, these are some unique experiences I've gone through of technically being an orphan, you know, God brought an amazing adopted family into my life. But, you know, for me being an orphan because of health complications, like that's a unique experience and I have a very unique story. It's also something that breaks my heart because I don't want others to go through that either. Like one is I don't want my family to go through that. So I want to change it, but also like, I don't want other families to go through that same thing. And so for me, it was unique experiences, also something that breaks my heart. But then when you ask me, like, if you could just do this every day, like, what would that look like? What do you love? What gets you excited? And for me, leading people and serving people and pouring into people and being in front of them in a way to like push them into something more, like I could do that all day. That's why I love being a pastor. That's why I love being a coach. Even the business consulting I get to do on the side, like it's all the same thing as how do I just push people forward? And so for me, those three questions converged into, hey, like I really could help people with this health thing. And then, then it just becomes a practical game of how do I turn that into a business? Yeah. And I think... I could talk for hours about that, but it started very much of a like, well, how do I just get people that are willing to let me help them? You know, like, can there be just some sort of 
exchange at all. Like even if they don't pay me money, maybe they give me a testimonial so I could help more people. And so that's kind of really where it started is, Hey, I'll coach you for free. Like I'll show you that I can get you results. And then you just give me a testimonial and a review back. And then it started like, you get enough of those people. Well, I guess I could start charging. And then it's really compounded. And then you look up and it's been years and now you've helped a lot of people. And so to me, that's the practical piece. And, you know, there's been so many turns along that way. But once I determined, hey, here's what I'm truly passionate about. And I want to turn my pain into some sort of purpose based off those questions. Now I just got to figure out how do I practically put that into place, which for me was starting free. (laughs) And then once I get enough rhythm where people can really trust, and I also believe in myself and know how to practically use these skills, then I can start to charge what it's worth. Yeah. Proof of concept is so important. That's what you said. And then, so what's the timeline between maybe that first person that you coached for free, as you said, which I think is an awesome idea up until now? Yeah. So, you know, timelines kind of were messy there. And some of that, I actually started some of the coaching while I was a pastor still. And so that I didn't like officially start day one with my first client after I had quit. So I actually did a couple of years of coaching for other people and coaching in gyms during that ministry period. Some of just supplement income because I'm like I don't like making you know twenty five hundred dollars a month. I need, mm-hmm. I'd like to have a better lifestyle than this. I grew up with three sisters in my adopted family, and so style was an important thing. I'm like if I'm going to afford clothes <laughs> that are not Walmart, I need to supplement that. And so I started for you know a couple years at the church, just learning from other people. And when I first started doing it on my own, which is right at the back end before I you know before I stepped out of the church, was right at the beginning of 2020. It was the first. Mm-hmm technical, like under Cole Taylor coaching is what it was originally called, was the first people I started serving for free. And then it really like within my first month of business, I had like 40 clients that I was working with one-on-one and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is taking off. People need this. And so timeline from there has been, you know, the last three full years of doing this full-time. But before that, it was five or six years of helping other people do it. Wow. Did you see any of that or any of this, like right now, did you see the 40 when you first started doing it? Or was it just, hey, I'm just going to go in and do this and try to get the first person? No. Well, I didn't know that it would... Sorry, one caveat to that too. That was the doing it full-time. I kind of did a part-time while I was getting my master's as well. I mentioned that. So I resigned from the church in 2018. 2019 and 2020, I was getting my master's. Doing that, I was like kind of part-time serving people on my own, part-time doing other stuff. And then 2020 is when I cut everything off and said, like, we're going all in on this. I missed that piece of that skip. But for me, I I didn't know that it would grow like this, but I've always have had this kind of unrealistic belief in myself, if that makes sense. I think all successful people have these two sides of the coin. Like they have high amounts of insecurity, but also like this unrealistic belief in themselves, which I could talk a lot about that. But I have this belief of like, hey, whatever I do, I'm going to give everything to it. And I'm going to make sure it becomes you know, something that you know makes an impact. And so I didn't see this necessarily, but I knew if I was going to go all in on something, like I believed it would work and I would help people. The reason I asked you that question, and I'm glad you answered it the way that you did, was I think that what stops a lot of people from doing what you did or, or any type of business venture is they can't see it. They can't see the end result Mm -hmm. and that scares them. And they choose to stay in what they know, which is either a job that they don't like, or in your case, you know, not making enough money. And, you know, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but you talked about this belief thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. people just don't believe in themselves. Yeah. I think honestly, this is one of my favorite phrases, but most of the time we choose a familiar prison over an unfamiliar freedom because it's what we know. Like, and I'll say that again, because I think it's a quote that spins in my head a lot is oftentimes we choose a familiar prison over an unfamiliar freedom 
because it's more comfortable. We know what that prison feels like, even though it's not really the life we want. It's not really the situation we want, but it's more comfortable than the fear of the unknown. Even if that unknown might unlock everything we've ever wanted. I was fortunate to have mentors in my life that kind of kicked and pushed and said, Hey, what's the worst that could happen? Like you can always go back and come right back and do the same thing. And for me, just mentally walking through that of, Hey, you know, do I want to live this life of it's okay or mediocre, or do I really want to chase and really become the person that I'm called to be one, but do something I'm really passionate about. And so I do think you're right. Like I think most people stop themselves in belief, but I think it's more than just belief. I think it's a fear. Like it's a fear of, Hey, what if I fail? You know, I think we all doubt ourselves. I think it's the people that doubt themselves and do it anyways, and have fear and do it anyways. Cause I don't think we're ever going to fix the lack of belief or fix the fear. It's, Hey, can I do it anyways? Because I know that I'm built for more. Built for more. Absolutely. And the unfamiliar prison just feels comfortable, right? Even mm-hmm. though you don't like it, as you said, it just, Hey, it just, this feels safe. Yeah. This feels good. Like I know what yeah. I'm getting when yeah. I wake up. And I at least right? know what to expect. Yeah. Yeah. So beyond the mentors and the coaches and some of the stuff you just said, is there maybe a tip or a trick? I don't know the right word to use for someone who might be able to get over that fear, or at least get to the point where they're not looking five sure. years in the future. And you know, it's doomsday, the sky is falling mm-hmm. scenario. Yeah. I think two things. I think one is especially when you're making big changes, you can't look too far in the future. In my opinion, I think it's good to have a vision of direction, but it's always going to be cloudy. And the more that our business grows and the more that I get involved in other things, the more that my life shifts, the more I realize like I could have never predicted any of this. All that I knew was there was a direction I was moving. And I think people get so hung up on like, I can't figure out the end point that they almost, you know, never allow themselves to step into the path in the first place just because they can't see the finish line. And so I think we have to like let go of that control a little bit and say, I at least know that here's the direction I need to move in and I can't stay here. And so let's just start taking steps in that direction. And so for me, that's the biggest piece is releasing some of that control, but also getting the belief or the confidence for me has just come from what I believe is just keeping my word to myself over time. Like, let's commit to one small thing and prove that I can do this. Okay. I, I did what I said I was going to do. And maybe just in daily habits and routines, like before I ever stepped out and became an entrepreneur, I proved that I could be disciplined in certain areas. And I found success in my body. I found success in my relationships. I found success in serving people right where I was at. And as I built that confidence from doing what I knew I could do now, I had a lot more confidence to step into something else because it's like, hey, all these other areas of my life, I'm finding success because I committed and I did the work. You know, what would be different there? Nothing if I show up and do the same thing. Okay. You just mentioned a word that I love and I think confuses a lot of people, is it, which is accountability and more specifically yeah. personal accountability. It's very easy to say you got to hold yourself accountable, right? Yeah. It's very easy to say that, but how do, <laughs> you, do how do you do it? How do you actually do it? I struggle with it sometimes, but how do we hold ourselves accountable? Sure. I think it's something that we shouldn't fully do it ourselves. I always think it's very valuable to have outside accountability, whether that's a circle of people that you know call more out of you, or if it's mentors or if it's coaches. But there is an aspect, like you said, that we have to be able to keep our own word to ourselves. Otherwise, we'll never get you know, to the place we want to be. And for me, it's a mental conversation. Like we make every decision in our life based off of some sort of story we're telling ourselves. It's our paradigm, our belief, our experiences. Like it's this thing that we hold to be true. And oftentimes that same thing holds us back, or it might be the thing that propels us, depending on how healthy that story is. And for me, the ability to shift that story has shaped my ability to show up for myself. And so, one example of that is 
when I've dedicated myself to a goal and I've said, Hey, you know, let's use fitness, for example, because obviously that's a lot of what we talk about. Let's say I've committed to working out in the morning, the alarm goes off, I wake up, I don't feel like it, which for me happens a lot. Like I'm a normal human as well, even though I'm, you know, very in shape and, you know, do a lot of fitness things and have helped a lot of people and very knowledgeable. I still don't feel like it a lot, but the way that I'm able to reframe the story in my head is instead of asking like, do I feel like it or not? Or maybe I can do this later. That doesn't become a conversation. The question is, am I choosing what I want most or what I want now? And so I ask myself, what I want most is to be healthy or to reach these goals or to make this you know commitment that I've said for myself. What I want now is to stay in bed. And so if I can reframe that like, hey, do I want to chase that person I said I was becoming or what I want most or do I want to stay comfortable in what now? And so having the ability to reframe my thoughts into less of a short-term decision to where this actually is me stacking a vote towards the person I'm becoming. And if I make this wrong vote, I'm not getting there. And so it adds a little bit more of depth perception to your decisions. And from there, it's a lot easier to hold yourself accountable because it's no longer just a one decision thing. Like this is me taking a step towards the person I said I'd be. If I don't take this step, I'm never going to become that person. And it just adds a little more gravity to each decision. It's way easier to get up then. It's way easier to eat the good foods or whatever else you're committing to because now every decision is a very vital piece to you becoming who you said you'd be. And it's important to know who that person is. Totally. That's the foundation. Who is it that I want to become? And I say this all the time because people, you know, the very few people that actually do set goals, I read a study recently that I think it's only like six or 7% of the world even sets real goals. It's sad. And we wonder why people don't have the lives they want. But the very few that do set goals, most of them approach it wrong. They say, here's where I am. Here's where I want to be. They next say, how do I get there? Or what do I need to do? But the first thing they need to step back and say is, who do I need to become for that to be reality? Because our behaviors, we do what we do because of what we think. You know, you do what you do because of what you think of you. My identity, that belief shapes my actions. And most people don't even think about the internal. They just say, how do I eat better to you know, get a weight loss result? When it really needs to be, how do I become a healthy person? So the eating better is just a byproduct of who I am. And so, like you said, if I can determine who that person is, back to that question of what do I want most or what I want now, does this lead me towards or away from the person that I decided I was going to be? Okay. That's important. So if I'm just to clarify, and for those watching on YouTube, I was just talking about this with somebody that's like, hey, we all want to go to this place, right? I'm holding the line out in the future. But I think what you're saying is, and I agree with this, is that this is way more important, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's how we get there yeah. is by becoming that person now. Is that what I'm hearing? hundred percent. You know, it does two things. One, it allows you to have that direction because if you don't have that vision, like the Bible I read says without a vision, people perish. And that's not even a religious thing. That's just like, you're not going to have life or direction if you don't have a picture of where you're going. Mm -hmm. Like the times in my life where I've been the most depressed and anxious and down is when I didn't have a clear vision for myself. Like vision brings life to us. And so first off that person I want to become, that's the vision or the future of direction I'm going. But it also, like you said, it shapes the actual today, like who you're becoming shapes the decisions. The action I take is a vote for the person I'm becoming, you know, not only, like I said, does it give you the direction, but it also shapes your day-to-day steps. Yeah. Okay. So six to 7% of people write goals, which is totally believable. I would think that the vision piece would probably be like one or 2% of people who actually have a vision, which is very low. And it's terrible because it's the most important plan that you can make, in my opinion. But, you know, and we wonder why people don't 
like if they do reach their goals, which some people do, like some people are driven enough to work really hard for a short period of time and I can lose 20 pounds or I can finish 75 hard, but we wonder why people gain the weight back or once 75 hard is over, they fall off is because they did different actions for a short period of time. They never actually became a different person. So it was a finish line and then they, Ooh, I can go back to normal, but they didn't actually change who they were. I believe in no finish lines, only checkpoints is what we tell our community all the time is if you're truly becoming the type of person you want to be, you can reach this goal and it doesn't matter. The goal was just a box to check. That doesn't matter. This is the who I've really become. And that's the direction I'm moving, regardless of what the goal said. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. Okay. I want to talk about your business and who you help. It's very clear to me why you do what you do, right? Very clear to me why you do what you do. How important is that, in your opinion, for anyone looking to do something outside of what their current situation is? Yeah. Being passionate about what you do. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I think (laughs) to me... I love saying this way, why power is so much stronger than willpower. So if I'm doing something based off of a purpose that's deeper than just money or a purpose that's deeper than just filling a role, it's way easier to be motivated because you have a deeper why or purpose that's pulling you along. Most people set a goal, I have this career and I'm trying to make money or I'm trying to accomplish this thing, but they don't have a real reason why they haven't connected to a deeper purpose like I have for our business. And so when things get tough, because they always do, or you get tired or there's seasons where it doesn't go very well, they're having to fully rely on this willpower of like, I got to grit my way through it. That's why people get burnt out is because they have no passion or purpose or a why that connects them. And so for me, It's so important that whatever you're doing in life, you have to connect it to some sort of deeper purpose. Now, it's not always a reality that every season that we're able to you know, live the life that's perfectly aligned with the thing we're passionate about. There's caveats to that. For me, there was a period where I had to work multiple jobs as I was starting my business because I had to fund that thing. But at some point, I need to get to my life to where how do I connect what I'm doing to a deeper why? Even those side jobs... Even those other businesses I was helping with or you know, people I was working for, yeah. that why was still connected to the deeper purpose of I'm trying to reach this bigger thing. And so that motivation is what kept me going. And so I think it's the case for anybody. Anytime you're wanting to build something or you're wanting to you know, grow yourself in a certain area, there has to be a deeper purpose so you can have that why power instead of relying on willpower. When the entrepreneurial world punches you right between the eyes and it, and will, it will, you have, you have to have a reason not to quit and it can't be about money. No, money's never going to sustain you. It's got to be something deeper. No, and most of us will say the same thing, right? Like maybe that's why we got started into it, but it always becomes something much deeper than that. And it's important not to lose sight of that. And I think it's important for people to know too, because this is my experience and so many of my friends as well that have found success in business is even if you do, like, let's say you are fully chasing money and it's not attached to a why, what you'll find is when you get that money, it's the least fulfilling thing ever. Like it just feels empty. You're like, okay, what do I do now? Like the money didn't really solve any problems. Like I feel just as empty as I did before. And so for me, like not only does it not sustain you in the hard times, even if you are accomplishing your goal, you're never going to be happy with yourself anyway. So you've got to have something deeper. Yeah. Love that you shared that. Okay. The people that you're helping, right? Busy professionals, business owners, entrepreneurs. I mean, people are busy, right? They're busy. They're working a lot. They got a lot. They got families, you know, they're balancing a lot. And one of the biggest that we talked a little bit about this before we hit record is, you know, the excuse of not having enough time, right? 
And I think it's just a decision. Well, I'll let you speak on it. You tell yeah. me when you hear that, what do you say? Because you know what happens, uh, right? I can give two sides of coal for this. Like there's a fired up side where I just want to you know, light a fire under somebody and tell them that they're making excuses about themselves. But I think the first answer is realizing that every single person on this earth has the same 24 hours. For me, once I realized that and I saw how uber successful people were in different areas with the same amount of time and same amount of access to life that I have. Like they got the same amount of days. They've got the same amount of time. They've got the same amount of earth. Like they've got the same experience that I have. They've just done something different with it. And so once I flipped that in my head of like, okay, well it's on me. Like I have the same resources that they have. I've got to do something different with it. But also I truly believe that I don't have time is really, it's not important to me. And that's not always a bad thing. You know, if someone invites you to a baseball game and you've got, you know, a family birthday party and you're saying, I don't have time, what you're really saying is like, hey, this thing's more important. That's great. Like, you're good. You have priorities. But a lot of times we use that I don't have time as an excuse for what we're really saying is just, this is not a priority for me. If I don't have time to go to the gym, what you're telling me is going to the gym is not as important to me as the other things I'm doing. Right or wrong. That's just what you're saying. Or I don't have time to spend, like, I don't have enough time to spend with my family or to play with my kids. Okay. Like what you're telling me is whatever it is you're doing, right or wrong, is more important than this. Now, you may have a story that says, well, I'm doing it to be able to serve my family or I'm not going to the gym because I need to build my business. But what you're saying is right now, my priorities are more important than this thing. And I think that perspective shift for people, if you can really lay all of your daily tasks and your time on paper and say, where am I spending my time? It really shows you where your value is. Where most of my time goes is typically the thing I value the most. And so once I've shifted that perspective, it allows me to see like, oh my gosh, like I say that my, like, this is for me. I say that my nieces and nephews and my family and, you know, my more extended family are a strong priority, but how much time am I actually spending with them? Or am I traveling to see them? Or am I talking to them enough? Like that's been a hard gut punch for me too, is I say these things, but my time and my actions don't align with it. That's the same thing for people too, is they might say their health is a really priority for them, but Hey, look at your schedule. When's the last time you moved your body? How consistent have you been in that? I don't have time to me is just an excuse to say it's not a priority to me. Yeah. Story you tell yourself. Absolutely. So I think just being aware of that, like you said, it's okay. It's okay yeah. if that's not important yeah. to you, but don't yeah. use it as an excuse. Just right? be real with yourself. Now, I could argue that you should change that perspective, but <laughs> that's a different topic. You know, that you should like to me, there's a lot of freedom in removing any guilt. Like, hey, you know, this is what I'm prioritizing right now. This is just the facts. Like right now, haven't been prioritizing my health very much. Okay. Like that's just what the time says. That's what my results say. You know, once I can remove that guilt of like, I'm a terrible person or I should be better, like just let that go. And how do I make a decision to start voting for a different person? That's where the change happens. Yeah. Okay. I love that you say voting for a different person. That's awesome. I think the majority, and you could speak to this way better than me because you've worked with so many people. I think that most people, the majority of people that are walking the face of this earth, would love to prioritize their health and fitness. They want to feel better. They want to look better. I think that's something that everybody wants. Yeah. Why don't they do it? And how do they I, do it? <laughs> I think it's, first off, they overcomplicate it. Most people think like, I've got to be all in and perfect to get results when really you just need to be consistent. Like I'm a firm believer it's better to be consistently good than occasionally great. Like if I can just be consistently moving in the right direction, that's way better than having to be perfect. To be a healthy person, you don't have to, you know, work out three hours a day and only eat vegetables and, you know, whatever, you know, story people have in their minds is just, I've got to make back to that voting. I've just got to make more votes for healthy person than a non-healthy person. And over time you start to realize how much better you feel. It's like, Hey, 
I moved my body today, even though I didn't feel like it, I feel so much better. Now you sacked a vote, you started to see the win off of that vote. And so once people reframe a little bit of like, Hey, it's not as complicated as I think I just need to start prioritizing it and creating time for it. That actually is where the results begin to happen, but also to give people a little bit of relief or, you know, give them a cop out or an excuse is honestly our industry. And, you know, the way that health is marketed is people make it really complicated and it make it really confusing because there's so many companies and products that are marketing, like you have to do keto and you have to do, you know, carnivore diet. And now you have to do low fat and you have to do like, it becomes this so like analysis paralysis thing where it's like, I overanalyze it so much that I'm just not going to do anything because it's too much. And so I think that's my encouragement for people for is twofold is like one, just start doing something, start being consistent, prioritize moving your body, prioritizing eating good food. And then two, ignore all the BS on the internet of, you know, here's all the products you have to take. And here's the one recommendation I would give though, is to get testing done. That's the number one thing I tell anybody to, you know, if they're wanting to become healthier is to actually just look at your body, like look at your hormones, look at your gut health. Uh, there's a lot of tests that I can recommend, but instead of looking at all the BS on all the marketing on the internet, it's like, let's just have data actually on my body. And I can see where I'm unhealthy. Like if my hormones are out of whack, I don't need to worry about all the keto and all this stuff. I need to fix that thing. And so realizing it's not as complicated as you think, let's just start voting for a healthier version of you. Yep. And then two, ignore all the craziness on the internet because it's a new thing every day and just say, how do I just get information on my body? And then I can make decisions from there. Okay. So well, I'd love to hear about the testing, like maybe, yeah. and where do I get that? What, sure. So what should I get tested for? Where do I get it? And then what might be a couple of simple steps? I know you have some action items here that, that uh -huh. the listeners can take to get started and not feel like it's overwhelming and way too complicated. Yeah. Let's flip flop those. Cause I think they go in this order to where Absolutely. Yep. before I, you know, I say that all of our testing for all of our clients that we work with, we start with testing because we want that data as quick as possible. Mm -hmm. But for someone wanting to take a first couple steps and honestly, for the first couple of weeks of our clients, anyways, as we're waiting on the testing to come back, we're prioritizing two things is meals and movement. And I think for anyone wanting to get started, those should be your first two action items is what am I putting in my body and am I moving consistently? And it doesn't have to be super complicated. It doesn't have to be, you know, you can determine at what level you go in depth in that. But at the very least, it's like, I need to be moving my body a couple times a week, I think three to four times a week. And it could just be a body weight workout. And then my other movement style should be steps. There's tons of studies. I just read a study on the, I think it was the European Journal of Cardiology, some big medical journal in Europe, but talked about the percentage of disease increase by every level of steps, every additional thousand steps we take was a 15% decrease in all kinds of diseases. There was like every 5,000 was a 10% decrease in cardiovascular disease. Like it's wild how just simple taking steps and walking can save our lives. Practically though, if you're wanting to lose weight, every day that I would, if let's say I hit 10,000 steps, that's typically the goal that I shoot for. That's 3,500 to 5,000 calories burned throughout the week. So if I get 10,000 steps a day, that's somewhere between 3,500 to 5,000 calories extra burned, which equals to, without getting into all the math, about a pound to a pound and a half of weight loss. And so if you're just wanting to lose weight, like, hey, if I just get 10,000 steps, I can lose a pound to a pound and a half if I change nothing else. And so for me, Meals and movements are the two things I need to prioritize is movements first. What we said of, let's just move my body a couple of times a week. It could be a body weight workout. I've got some workouts and plans that I can give them at this document that I'll leave with everybody at the end, but I need to get movements and steps. And then the second is meals. And I just need to understand what my body needs calorie wise. 
and let's start fueling it there. I can get super in-depth on what that looks like, but to me, those are the first two steps. Let's work out a couple times a week and get my steps in and start counting my steps. And then two is figure out how many calories my body needs and start to hit those things. To me, that's the most simple place because you don't have to complicate it. I just, I got to move a couple of times. I got to walk and I got to start getting used to how many calories my body actually needs to fuel itself. Now, I'll, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah, you first. Yeah. Ask the question. I was getting up to 10,000 steps. So yeah, that's your goal. How do you go sure. about doing that? Because again, that number seems high, but seems uh, maybe high. break yeah. it down, right? Break it down. For yeah. Me. So I don't think anyone should start there if they're not okay. currently tracking. I think you just cur- like get some sort of step counter, whether it's a Fitbit, I have a Garmin watch, Apple watches track them too. get some sort of tool and mm-hmm. they're cheap. Like you can get one for 30, 40 bucks. That'll do just fine. Just to start getting an idea. And then once you see like most people, if you're not tracking it, and you're just a normal, you work a normal office job, you're probably getting three or 4,000 steps a day if you, you know, are a decently you know, active person and you get up a couple of times throughout the day. So that 10,000 increase might seem like a lot. I would just set a goal to increase that a little bit. Like maybe you set your goal, your first one at 6,000. Like how do I start moving enough for that? And you start to work your way up. For me to break that down, I actually currently is not a good indicator. I'm actually running a lot right now. So it's not easy not hard for me to hit my steps. I'm training for a hundred mile race in December. So I'm getting well above my step goal. But up until two months ago where I wasn't doing any running, I would have to break it up throughout the day. And so I would take some phone calls while walking around. Like anytime I'm in this office and I'm not on zoom, I would jump on the phone and I would start walking around outside or I would pace around in the room. I also have a little treadmill desk. That's like a $250 Amazon thing that I can stand this thing up and it's a portable treadmill that I can work and walk right here. So there's ways that you just you prioritize movement, but also like, you know, you can set reminders. The Apple watch does a great job about this, that, you know, every, you know, an hour it'll say, Hey, get up and move. And if you set those reminders, you just get up, Hey, I'm going to go walk for a couple minutes. You know, it could be to go to the bathroom. Could, you know, if you just start prioritizing it, you'll start to realize like, Oh my gosh, like I got way more in than I thought I could. Yeah. Awesome tip on the treadmill thing. Cause I have a standing desk too. And uh-huh. it's like, I have to force myself to move. <laughs> so yeah, uh-huh. you see it all the time. It's like, uh-huh. it's kind of a weird thing, but it totally yeah. works. It okay. works. You were going to give us some sure. action items here on the meals too. Cause I think, yeah. cause you said, you also said, I just want to stop here for one second. You said meals first. So I'm assuming that that's the most important Number one. thing. Okay. Most important. So, you know, I could talk for hours about meals themselves too. I think the first and most important thing people need to understand is just their calorie intake because cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death. And most of that is because people are overweight and just you eating enough calories for your body will eliminate a lot of that. And so that's the first thing I recommend. Now I could get much deeper and do your micronutrients, your macronutrients, how much, you know, vitamins and minerals you're eating, you know, what is the actual breakdown of those calories? But starting place for someone just getting started is like how many calories my body needs. Now, the gift I'm giving to everybody, which I think you'll probably put in the show notes, is a free ebook that will just tell them exactly how to calculate their calories. It's got a link. I've got some meal plan templates that they can use to start to follow. I've also got some workout programs that they can follow. This is all just a free access thing for them. And it'll give a really good starting place for your meals and movement. So you at least know on the very basics, like I know how much my body needs for food. I'm going to start learning how to track that. And then I have some workouts that I can follow. To me, that's the biggest foundation, but you're right. Food is the biggest battle. Like we've got clients that just walk because they've got some major injuries or, you know, their knees are messed up and they can't do crazy workouts or whatever it is. Or maybe they're just, you know, we've got clients in their seventies and eighties that, you know, don't need to do a ton of intense workouts. 
that just walk and follow their nutrition and see unreal results. We've got a guy in his seventies right now that went from 360 pounds. He's now 167 just from being consistent with these things. If you can get your nutrition dialed in, it's 90% of the battle. 90%. I'm glad you said that. I will leave the link in the show notes. If you yeah. want to spit it out now for everyone, don't it's, stop. It's a long, it's a long yeah. URL. It's a, it's our website, the starting line dot fit. And I think it's forward slash free dash ebook. I could have botched that. So if you're listening That's to this, it. don't try to quote me. <laughs> Just click yep. on the show, show note links. I need to ask our team to create an easier link for that. That's the one I've downloaded it. I'm, I'm looking forward to diving in. And there's a lot awesome. of stuff in there too. So yeah, yeah I remember that show, The Biggest Loser. I, I yeah. can't remember the lady's name. I think it was Jillian Michaels or something. Yeah. She used to tell, she's like, hey, you can eat your way through any diet. So move uh, the meals thing is super important. So I think important. a lot of people struggle with this. And again, I think you're, you're making it, very simple and people get confused. And also it's very easy in today's society to eat terrible because Hey, that's what's on the shelf, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. And so just take some intentionality, but once you understand, like it's one of those things is like, once you see it, you can't unsee it. (laughs) And so once you know what you're looking for, and for me, there was a big realization I had short version of this story is I started wearing an Apple watch to track how many calories I burned when I was running. This was seven or eight years ago. And I had just started learning how to track my food in an app called my fitness pal, which many people have used. If you haven't, that's a great way to start tracking your calories and see how much is in your food. But I was tracking my food in my fitness pal. And then also realized how many calories I was burning on a run. And I ran for 30 minutes. I like, I almost puked. I pushed myself really hard. The athlete in me just, that's, it's kind of just who I am. And I saw, man, I burned 350 calories. That's amazing. Like I can eat whatever I want. And I went in, I was at home for like a summer break at the end of college. And I went into my family's fridge and I grabbed some leftover pizza and I was going to throw it in the microwave. And I started to log it in my fitness pal. And it said, one piece is 350 calories. And I'm like, oh my gosh, one piece that I'm going to finish in 90 seconds ruins the whole 30 minute run. I just killed myself on. And so it was this awakening of, Hey, now that I've seen it, I can't unsee it. Do I still eat pizza? Of course. And you can, and you should be able to eat fun things. But once you have the realization of how those things work together, you're like, I could never out train what I eat. And so I think for people just getting some knowledge of what's in my food, it really opens their eyes up a lot. The last study I read said average American eats 3,600 calories a day. That's just a generic average, which is way too much food. Like most people, like for me, that's what I need because I'm running, you know, an average of 50, 60 miles a week. Like I'd probably need more than that. But for most people, they don't need that much food. Like if you're a, even a 200 pound man, you probably need 25, 2,600 calories. Like that's also including women that are very small. And so if you have an understanding of what's in your food, that changes everything. Yeah. Another great tip. I'm very interested in this hundred mile race. You just said you're running. <laughs> First thing I want to ask you is, yeah, you know, I like to run too. I was like, why? Because yeah. I'm Why little, and do you I'm, think you can I'm do I'm a it? little sick. I'm a little sick in the head if we're honest. I honestly, it was two reasons. One is I've got some friends doing it. One of my favorite things in life is doing fun activities or doing sports or doing something physical with other guys. Just like the way I connect with people, some of it's the athlete in me, some of it's just, I love team and camaraderie. And that's the way I connect with people the most. And so that part was fun. So I'm doing it with a bunch of guys. I'm doing it with my brother-in-law, some good friends, a mentor of mine. There's a group of like 20 guys running and all of them are doing different distances, but you know, a core group is doing the whole thing. So that was part of it. But the biggest motivator for me was actually the fact that I didn't want to do it. Let me explain. So when my friend started presenting this to me, it's like, Hey, we're doing this thing. 
just pick a mile number and run it with us. You don't have to do the whole thing. Like, I just want you to run something. And I'm like, ah, dude, I'm not a runner. Like it's, I'm good. You know, for me, I played football. And so the most running I did was very short sprints. There was never long distance running. I'm 210 pounds too. And so it's like, you know, distance running is not really my build either. I like lifting heavy weights and sprinting and, you know, I'm very much that type of athlete. And that was the mental story. We talk about programming stories in our head is like, that's who I am. Like, I can't be a runner. Like, I don't even think I was like, I don't even think I could do that. The most I'd ever run at a time was six miles in high school. And that was really tough for me just because I don't have that aerobic base. Yeah. And so I kept having these thoughts and they're like, you just think about it. Just think about it. And I'm like, man, I don't want to. And I finally had this realization, like, man, I don't remember the last time I did something that physically really challenged me. And that I didn't want to do, and it was we're going to acquire a ton of discipline because I'm so consistent now with working out consistent daily and eating healthy foods. That's just it's part of my identity now. It's not something I have to really like struggle to get to the gym and I work out hard, but it's not like a mental game for me as much. Where this was going to be something completely different. And I started to realize how much I needed that. And I decided, you know what? Because I don't want to do this and because it's going to be so difficult for me, it's probably exactly what I need. And so committed to doing it. I'll tell you two months in of training. It's exactly what I needed. It's unlocked a level of mental discipline for me. It's unlocked a new level of competitiveness. Like I actually feel like an athlete again. It's changed how I show up to our team and our business and our clients. And so I think for people that are, you know, almost questioning if they should start working out again or if this health thing's really worth it, even if you don't think like you have unhealthiness for you, like I was a very healthy person in great shape. I had a six pack, like was I had like seven percent body fat the last time I had been tested. I didn't need to do this. But the benefits were not in what I like what I was going to get result wise. It was the who that it was going to create in me. And so the mindset that it's unlocks in you, the discipline, the commitment to yourself. Cause I tell you, like, I got to run this afternoon and I don't feel like it at all. Zero desire. It's cold here in Oklahoma right now. We just had a cold front come in and I have zero desire to do it. And it's so good for you to be like, but I've committed to it. So I'm going to keep my word to myself. So yeah. it's a, I did it because I didn't want to do it, if that makes sense. I'm glad I asked you the question. Yeah, I know you'll get it done. It's 100 miles <laughs> in a, like wall of walks. Yeah, right? it'll, be a, it'll be like a 24-hour run yeah. or run walk, a lot of walk. <laughs> but you still doing it. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Okay. So I think back to the question we were, were talking on is once you get meals and movement down, which please like, don't try to figure this out on your own. Like just follow the resources I'm giving you in the show notes. It's super easy. It'll tell you how many calories need for your body. There's a meal plan. There's a workout program based off of your body and goals. Like just let us make it easy for you. We used to charge a lot of money for those. So just take the gift. If you're listening to this, don't be stubborn and do it on your own. So download those. But once you've gotten that, to me, the key to really unlocking or what we call optimize, like meals and movement for us is what we call our start phase. Like that's the yep. starting line. Let's build that foundation. Then we move into a phase called optimize, which a lot of what I say is I help entrepreneurs optimize their health or performances. Once they've gotten started, that's when the magic can really happen. And that happens to me based off of testing. And once I truly understand what my body needs, I can move past a phase of just fitness of losing weight and feeling a little better to optimizing every area of my body. Things like hormones, gut health, nutrient deficiencies, even your metabolic health or how your metabolism functions. Like all of those things are things that, you know, most of us have deficiencies or out of balance in. And once you can start to tweak those things by either changing your nutrition a little bit, the types of food you eat, you know, how much sleep you get, what supplements you take, the types of workouts you do you start to fix those issues. And not only do you get faster results on the fitness side, but you start to feel incredible. Like a lot of companies use kind of like the superhuman protocol, you know, as they're like in quotations marketing, but really that's what you start to feel like is once you actually are functioning the way your body's supposed to, you feel dramatically different. Like I have energy levels more than I did even in high school right now, because of, I was just, 
iron deficient or I was vitamin D deficient. And if I start to fix those things, you feel like, oh, this is what I'm actually supposed to feel like. So that's the second piece is getting that testing done really allows you to unlock the next level of your health. Would it be safe to say that the clients that you coach or work with, would that be like maybe the number one thing that they, yeah. the feedback is how they feel yeah. and maybe yeah. they didn't believe they, they could feel that way? Yeah. We get that a ton of how much more energy they have, you know, cause really the way we like, I market our health coaching company much different than any other one that I've seen. Most people are, and this is not a knock on them. They do amazing work too, but it's very much a selfish thing of, Hey, you know, you need to be more disciplined and like, you need to get healthier. And like, if you can have abs, it's a much bigger flex than having money. Like that's a lot of marketing towards business owners where it's just like this, you prove that you're worth it. And like, you're, you know, if you'll be disciplined, you like, you know, you have a body that matches the business. Like it's all fine. But to me, like my health is not about me. And it's just obviously comes from my experience of losing a ton of people, but me taking care of my health is like, it's the least selfish thing I can do because I need to be around for the people that I care about. I'm not going to lose my life early because I didn't take care of my health, but also I need to show up today with the most energy, confidence, mental clarity that I can. And so our message that we preach is like your health, your body, your fitness is not about you. This is a gift that you give to the world because if I can't take care of me, I can't pour from an empty cup. It's one of my favorite phrases. Like if I'm empty, I can't serve any or help anyone else. And so to me, it's a health, you know, health is a tool for impact. And so that's the biggest thing we hear from our clients because that's the message we preach too is, man, I'm showing up for my kids. Like I had a guy that called us the other day and left me and my business partner a voice message and said, just in tears, was like, my daughter the other day came and gave me a big hug and she's five and said, thank you so much for playing with me more. It seems like you're way happier lately, daddy. And he'd been like 60 days in our program, lost 20 pounds. Like I'm getting emotional hearing this, but like, that's the true thing of what we do is it's not people just losing weight. It's their lives being changed. Yeah. Kids be Kids being loved in a different way, their teams getting served in a different way. That is so awesome. And just reminds me of something that I'm always fully aware of because I have a young son. He's 12 now, but I remember how aware he was at a young age. Yeah. They know, they know this. So you have to do it for them because a lot of times the opposite is true. Like we feel like we got to serve all these other people and we neglect ourselves, right? We neglect ourselves and it's got to be the opposite. I'm so glad you shared that, man. That was just. You can't serve other people. Like, and honestly, that was a big thing that I really struggled with is I tried to give and give and give and neglected myself for a long time and not just in health, but in other areas of I didn't prioritize what I really needed and wanted. And you get to this place of just like, I've got nothing else to give. And once I shifted the perspective of I've got to become my best. And sometimes that takes like getting away from people and, you know, working on my mental health, working on my spiritual health, working on my body. Now the time, it's almost like the concept of the tithe that the church teaches, where if I will give this 10% to God, he's going to do more with the 90% than I ever could with the hundred. To me, it's the same thing with our health is if I can take 10% of my time and step away to be alone and pour into myself, I can do way more with that 90% than I ever could with a hundred. If I've got more energy because I spent a couple hours a week to work out, I can do way more with the hours that I do have left than if I didn't use that time. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Guys, get the book, please. I'm downloading it. Make sure that you do that, Cole. Just thank you for serving the audience today and sharing your story and being passionate. I mean, it clearly you are. Before we wrap, I would say if people, because we didn't really touch on the testing piece, there's a lot of information I can give on that. 
if you go into that document, I explain a little bit of that information. I say, here's how you can kind of get access to the testing. Honestly, best way to do that though. And inside that document at the very bottom, there's a link to a free community that we have. It's our you know free group that I do a lot of trainings and have resources. I have a couple like very in-depth trainings in there about testing and mm-hmm. I tell what to get and why gut health is important. And so I think, you know, to just be cautious of time and not spend an hour talking about gut health. And, you know, that's probably the easiest way is when you get in there, go just join that group. And I could point you to a ton of different directions of what testing to get and where to get them and how to get in what's good and what's bad. Awesome. Okay. I asked you that question. Like we try to get to it like four times. I'm finally. Got to it, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the, the answer to all the question is just download the ebook and you'll be able to set up your workouts and nutrition and you'll get to learn how to get some testing too. <laughs> that's it right there. Okay. Anything else before we wrap up that, you know, you want to leave us final thought or something I didn't ask you, this has been tremendous, but you may have something else you want to. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the biggest message that I love to preach is a little bit of what we just hit on is that wherever we go, there we are. Like we're the foundation of everything in our lives. That's an old Dr. Seuss quote. And I was, I think it's hilarious, but you know, for people that are listening to this, that want to be the best version themselves, like, you know, a lot of, I know this topics that you discuss on this thing is getting out of your nine to five and creating a business. To me, as you build a business, and this has been my experience, like I'm the foundation of my business said differently. Like my business holds up a mirror to me (laughs) and reflects me back to me. And if I'm not consistent, if I'm not healthy, my business can never be. And there's been a true declaration of that. And throughout our business too, is when I'm not healthy, things in our business start to struggle because that's the me that I bring. Same thing with our relationships and our families. If you set a bad foundation, like how can you ever expect your family to be healthy if you're not leading that way? And so my challenge for you is start with you. Like if you're wanting to grow a successful business, start with growing a successful you, becoming the best version of you. You want your relationships to get better, start with you becoming the person that is a good husband or is a good mother or is a good father, whatever that is for you is it starts with me. And if I can become a different person, I actually not only attract the things that I want in life, but I actually can keep them when I get them. I made this post on Facebook the other day that said, God could give you everything you ever prayed for, And it won't matter if you don't actually become the person that you need to be, because what happens is I could get the business, I can get the money, I can get the relationships, but if I'm not actually the person to sustain it, I'll burn it all to the ground. And the reality is I'm never going to get it anyways. Like you see all these people that win lotteries and they're broke within like six months. It's because they didn't have the skills or the identity to maintain that. So my challenge for anyone is if you're wanting to grow in a certain area is step back and ask, who do I need to become? How do I just become the person through my habits, through my thoughts, through the stories I tell myself. And if I can become this person, I can start to do different actions. And if I do different actions, I will have something different. It's be, do, have. So my challenge for people is just to step back and ask, how do I become someone different? Because then that unlocks everything I'd ever want. Yeah, I love it. If I had like the dropping bomb sound effect right now, I I would do that. Maybe I'll add it in afterwards. But seriously, that's a great way to wrap up. It's a great way to end it. Thanks so much for serving us. And I hope everyone takes the action, right? Very simple. Take the action and work on yourself first. I love that. That's it. Even if you don't believe in yourself, like, because the reality is, and you asked me this earlier, a lot of people just hold themselves back because they don't believe in themselves. It's just fear. I want to encourage everybody listening to this is everyone's got fear. Like courage is not having fear. It's acting despite fear. And so it's okay that you're afraid. It's okay that maybe you don't believe in yourself enough to make the big change. It's the people that will just do it anyways or take a step anyways. That's where the real magic happens. So just accept that, hey, I'm a human. I have a human experiences. I'm a nervous to make a change. But I also want to encourage you that you're fully capable. 
you're not any different than me. You're not any different than any other successful business owners you know. You're not any different than Brian. Like all of these people, the only difference is they had fear and they decided, you know what? I'm going to take a step anyways because I know there's this little nudging inside of me that I'm built for more and I'm not going to live half of my potential. I'm not okay with the okay life. I want to be stepping fully into the person I was called to be. And that just starts with taking one step. That's it. That's it. And every entrepreneur says the same thing. They all say the same thing. We are not better. We are not superhuman. We just took the first step. We just decided. Yeah. That's it. All right, my friend. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. Everyone make it a great day. Wow. What an episode. What a vulnerable moment that he shared with his client. I really just love it so much. He said, I have several pages of notes here. Guys, make sure that you're downloading the free ebook. I've done it and put some of those steps into action and make sure that you're taking care of yourself first. That's the important thing. You can't serve other people if you're not serving yourself first. Thank you for tuning in. I do appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you next week.